Interior. What's up? Yo. <laughs> hey, the, my microphone. What the fuck? There he is. Yeah, get up on it like you owe it money. Oh. <laughs> I may have been having some technical difficulties. I might I may still be having them. Hold on. <laughs> you gotta cup the balls. I think I have a loose connection. Mm. You want that real tight seal, right? Yeah, I want it real tight. <laughs> Airtight. I want, it, I want it to clamp down. <laughs> uh what's up, man? Hey, hello. How's it going? How are you doing this morning? Uh man, you really got to put it out there like that for everybody? Oh, come on. You know, we've done this before, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we told you before about how we did a Saturday morning. We're doing it again. It's like but Saturday it won't be morning. Saturday morning when you're hearing this. Unless somebody plays it on Saturday morning. Oh, oh clever. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know if you listen to it on Saturday morning. Yeah, that'd be funny. Tag us that on would it. be funny. Hit us on Instagram <laughs> like Saturday, and we'll know exactly what you mean. Like, holy shit, we nailed it! But <laughs> nice. Uh, so what's been up, man? Ah, uh, nothing much. Nothing much. Just work and uh, well, all, what what is it? Was the term all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy? Mm-hmm. No, I think it goes like. uh, all work. And no, no, how does it go? No TV and no beer make Homer go something, something. <laughs> go crazy. Don't mind the you. You're talking about the shinning. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> you don't want to get sued. God, who who didn't love a good Simpsons treehouse of horror? I I want to say though those were always something to look forward to every year. You know, um, Dance from the Crypt uh, started doing a segment on Treehouse of Horror. I I think what happened totally was they, worth it. They kind of uh, reached the the you know the precipice of uh, that you know Tales from the Crypt that there you know it's a finite number of episodes so. Unless you're going to start all over, it's time to move on to the next thing. So I think they were doing, um, they were doing Treehouse of Horror, and their first two episodes I think came out on Spotify, but I think they were only doing it on their like Discord or something. So yeah, they they had the right idea. That sounds fucking awesome. I know, right? That's and clever. and uh, yeah, I totally see that. Like I, I I always thought that you know, like obviously, I knew that that they're you know their end game wasn't gonna just be um tales from the crypt because yeah. just like you said there are there are only so many episodes you know i should have brought it up to them i'm wondering if they're uh if they're familiar with the other um they uh the same the creators from tales from the crypt they did another anthology series I don't think it lasted very long, but it was fun to watch. I watched a few episodes. It was not disappointed. I don't. I don't really know why most people didn't catch on. Maybe it just had a bad time. Maybe, maybe anthology series series is were were like fizzling out at the time. I I don't know what the deal was, but they had one that was like a sci fi horror. It was called Perversions of Science. Hmm. And I actually remember one off the top of my head that for some reason never 
never slips by me. And in fact, I think I looked it up and it was funny, like the names that were attached to it. I think it had a, it had a few um, appearances in there that were not unknowns, but uh, it, it was, uh, it was an episode where this guy's like, uh, he's, he works for the Colonel of some space military, you know, whatever, um and he's banging the colonel's daughter or some shit like this is his girlfriend or his wife or whatever the case is and she is i want to say out of town because it's not even planetary like they're in space but he's in some kind of space apartment somewhere and the wife is gone uh, on some long trip business trip whatever the case may be the dude kind of gets a little horny and he was like ah oh, fuck what am i gonna do and he's like ah I got a sex robot in the closet. <laughs> so he brings out the sex robot. He starts railing the sex robot. And then all of a sudden he gets his dick stuck in the robot. Nice. And he doesn't know what the fuck to do to get it off. Of nice. <laughs> it is funny. Cause it's like, it, it's a perfectly normal, like, like it, uh, it talks. It's like a normal person. And then it just malfunctions while he's inside of it. And he gets stuck and he's trying to figure out, Oh my God, if, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken, it may have been William Shatner that played the Colonel. Yeah, you're you're right. I'm going through the cast list here. I wanted to kind of bring that up when you were done. Nice. All right, cool. I thought it was super funny because he had to end up calling the father of <laughs> of you know, or the colonel's uh, yeah. da daughter, you know, or whatever. He that, had to call her, her father yeah, and pretty much tell him, like, hey, I got my dick stuck in a in a, in a sex robot. I'm sorry, your daughter's not here. I was trying to get off, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he's all like, oh, don't worry. We'll take care of that for you. And the ending sequence was funny as hell. Nice. He's uh He's piloting a craft, and as the camera zooms out, they cut his lower half off. Nice. <laughs> Just driving it with his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I've never heard of this thing. But like it came out in ninety seven. It only lasted one season. And right. it's got some really good cast members in it. Well, I mean, uh now that this time they were probably, you know, just kind of making but here, look, I'll just go through it. Uh Jason Lee was in an episode. Um mm -hmm. Kevin Pollock, Jeffrey Combs, uh Fuck. Heather Langenkamp. Yancey Butler, uh, let's see, Ron Perlman, Jeff Fahey, Jamie Kennedy, uh, icons, Sean Astin. Uh, I'm just calling out the like the big ones: Will Wheaton, William Shatner, Elizabeth Berkley, Adam Arkin, Richard Real. Mm, what else? There was a couple other ones here. Lin Shay. Ah, oh, I fucking love Lin Shay. Um, yeah. Pretty good cast. Uh Shatner actually directed one of the episodes. Uh, I can't tell from here, but it looks like the maybe the last episode. I, I'm not surprised whatsoever. Um yeah, like I said, it it was really weird. I I just kinda I you know, I I don't want to say I took a dive watching it. I just I took my chances watching it that one day, and I really liked it. And I just uh, for for some reason either didn't have HBO anymore. It was obviously you could tell it was back in the days. It was a hit or miss as far as uh, have having ownership of HBO. Um, 
I don't think we ever really paid for it. There was a time not too long ago where the household was paying for it and stuff for a couple of years, but then they took it back off. Mm. Growing up as a kid, the only opportunities I usually had with HBO was when they gave you like the free summer package or something like that. You yeah. know, like they kind of let you uh, watch it for free for a while. And uh, I think I caught it somewhere around those times. Nice. Just like that, it kind of fizzled out. Um, yeah, a uh, little, little, little history, nice. little <laughs> HBO history. <laughs> so, um, I got to tell you a couple things real quick. Okay. For everybody who follows the Instagram, they'll probably already know this story. But um, I went to the Days of the Dead festival. Uh, horror convention, not festival, All horror right. convention last week. So there was, it was two parts, horror convention and then film festival. All in the same place. You just go downstairs to the hotel and then film festival is there. But we stuck around for the film festival because um, Cannibal Comedian was there. And then Sean was also debuting um, his short Thumper's Revenge that they shot over here um, by my house. And so we stuck around for that too. And just kind of hung out with the casting crew and, you know, the same old thing. But if you, re if you remember, I was stoked to go to the horror convention part because I wanted to meet Michael Bean. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted remember. to get my Metal Gear uh, NES cartridge signed. His autograph was $80. <laughs> Here's what makes this worse. We showed up Saturday afternoon and he wasn't at his table. But I know he has pro photo ops because he's, you know, with the red, like there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of the cast from Aliens is, is going to be there with him. So they're doing like the Aliens pro photo op or whatever. So we get there. There's a note on his table. Be back at 345. OK, cool. <laughs> Perla and I get there at like 346 and there's a little bit of a line. So we're standing in line and then his manager walks over and, and she's counting all the people online. She's like, OK, one, two, three, four. And then she counts me and Perla five and six. She goes, okay, um, just so you know, uh, Michael won't come down unless there's at least 10 people in line. So if you guys know anybody or, you know, if somebody else has come in, like you might want to gather them up so we can get Michael to come down and sign some autographs. And I thought to myself, well, there's six of us in line, but are all six of us getting autographs? Because I know Perla's not, it's just me, but she's in line with me. And the other two, the other four were two couples, so... Who's to say that all four of them are going to pay for autographs? So technically, yeah, chances are they're only one uh, one couple getting a autograph at a time. Right. Yeah. Right, okay. right. So we waited a couple minutes in line, and then I was like, you know what? Let's go like back over to the cannibal comedian table and hang out with them for a second, get some pictures or whatever, and then we'll come back. So we go to the cannibal comedian table, and this is literally just the next row over. And this place is so small, you can see right through it. And so, like, we're keeping an eye on the table at the same time we're, you know, taking pictures with the with the with the crew. And all of a sudden, you just kind of see the line dissipate. Like, it just everybody walked away, and then nobody ever came to the table. That dude never came down. I was a little upset. I posted a I I shot a video right in front of his table, in front of his banner, and. Was like, hey, you know, we, we made it here. I understand that I showed up a little bit late on Saturday, but I got there like, I don't know, 2 o'clock, 
two thirty, and the event was going till five, and he said he'd be back at three forty-five, and he never came down. I had a great time nonetheless, right? We hung out with the Cannibal Comedian crew. I got a sick ass poster signed by like almost every single person in the movie. So I'm gonna get that shit framed up. Um, took some really nice. great pictures. The screening went really well. Thumper's Revenge was badass. Um, but I got some interviews with some other people while I was there. Okay. There was this. Um, there was a bunch of movies that were being promoted there, and there was one that was kind of on my list called Rap Party. But and I saw their booth, and I just never made my way over there. But there was one that really caught my eye called Hellvan. And I interviewed those guys and dude, the producer, I think, uh, or the director, dude, he was so drunk. It was so funny. These two guys were hilarious. Um, but I bought, I bought a copy of their movie on Blu-ray that got an autograph by them. And then they threw in an extra movie, um, some like killer shark in the tub movie. Uh, Hellvan is a movie about, um, uh, like a, uh, possessed van. Which I I do want us to watch and maybe do on the show. I think it'd be cool to like get them on the show to like talk to them about it. Um, ran into these other people who were doing a movie called um, oh shit, I forget what it was called. They have two movies out already. The first one is called um, Attack of the Killer Donuts. Then the second one is called Shady Grove, and then the new one is called. Um, the house of haunted pancakes or something like that. Uh, I'm going to, I butchered that, but, um, it's killer. Like they're into killer foods. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But they did it. We did an interview with them right there. Tomatoes fans. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they knew where the inspiration came from. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But no, so it was good. It was good. Uh, I still need to like chop some of that stuff up and post it on the Instagram and, um, you know, and then we just had the, um, interview with, uh, Ray Spivy and, uh, you know, talking about his movie storage locker and having, um, you know, Alan Danziger on the show. That was, dude, we have a Texas chainsaw massacre, original alum on mutant city horror. Come on. What kind of shit is that? Yeah. No, I fuck, dude. I I was very impressed, man. And you know what? I did nothing. I remember, dude, I I remember you asked me if there's anything you wanted me uh, to bring up. And I was just like, I thought of it afterwards and I was like, yeah, holy shit. If there was anything I really wanted to tell him, I was like, the one thing that I remember most, and I fucking, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Don't get me wrong. It is one of my iconically favorite. It is one of those, it's one of those horror movies that has no hope at all. You are now just, you're a tool of of this evil destruction, and right. there is no safe way out of this. What I really loved about, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the unsettling bits, the quiet bits, and how you just had no idea something was coming. And if I can remember, the the most iconic part of that movie was Alan's character uh, when he got uh, sledgehammered to the head and pulled into that back room. It was the most unsettling fucking kill shot I've ever seen. <laughs> For one thing, it was totally unexpected. And just knowing that he just got smacked in the head with that giant fucking sledgehammer. But the coolest part was that 
while he was knocked completely either unconscious or dead, he's just kicking his legs around and shit like that death rattle and stuff. And you're like, good God, this is just <laughs> fucking unsettling bit. So that, that was, that would have been the one thing I wanted to bring up to him because that that's for some reason that will always stick to me. And that, and the fact that Toby Hooper made the movie, which great director, by the way. Okay. So here's the thing. I always say that uh, horror is a small world. You just brought up Toby Hooper. Right. Toby Hooper also directed one of those episodes of uh, Perversions of Science. Not surprising. He's always been into the sci-fi horror genre bit. Yeah. Then, on top of that, in this movie that we're about to talk about, in the opening scene... There's the woman who hung herself, hanged herself. Yes. Hanged. Do you remember what her name was? Her name was Mrs. Hooper. And there was a note about the movie that perhaps um, she was named Hooper as an homage to Toby Hooper. Absolutely. I will 100%. So small world. Horror is a small world. Check this out. I'll 100% agree with that because that isn't the first homage or that. Yes, that would be the first one, but that wasn't the only one I've noticed. I I didn't notice that one, but okay. well, there was another one. Okay. Uh, that I can remember. Are you talking about the, the for sale sign? Yeah, of course. Okay. 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 Why don't you tell us what movie we're talking about? And then I want to keep going with the, uh, with the homages, if you will. Okay. So just like before, in this Saturday morning, the monsters are running amok, and we make a run for that theater. And the marquee now reads, House. This is a house where no one should live. Roger Cobb has come here alone. But no one is ever alone in the house. Leave while you can. No! Sandy. Horror has found a new home. House. Enter at your own risk. A 1985 movie? You asking me? It's a little bit of both. I think it's listed as both 84 and 85. It's for one of those, you know. IMDb says it's 85, so I'm just going to go with them. 85. We'll go with 85. Yeah. Uh, All right. Now, now okay, so let let me jump back into what we were talking about. So... <clears throat> the movie uh, is directed by Steve Miner. Yes. Who also directed, before this one, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. So Dennis, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper was in the third one. You are probably right on when you say, or when we say, that Mrs. Hooper was named after Toby Hooper. I'm I'm I would bet money on that. 
Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, the stunt coordinator from for the movie. Do you know who that was? No. Kane Hodder, who played Jason in like seven, eight, uh, ten. I believe he played uh, Jason in space. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, lots of. Uh, connection he uh, played remember he's, he's victor crowley he's fucking yeah. he plays ed gain at some point not not sure that, that was really a good pick i don't think ed gain in real life was actually like big and husky i think he was a little scrawny weird guy but mm. still yeah he's played uh, iconic roles all over all over the board uh i i, I do i do want to shift a lot of focus uh in the into this i, I don't know what was there anything else that you were going to add to that? Uh, no, I'm sure as we go, I'll just like, you know, fold it into the conversation. But uh, there was some cool stuff about this movie, both okay. from a, like a trivia perspective and from uh, just kind of a fan watching it, you know? Mm. Um, unless you were living under a rock in the horror community, uh, you are very familiar with this film. It is a cult classic. Um, in a lot of ways is a very, uh, different, uh, film. Uh, do you, do you want to present a synopsis or do you want me to do it? So this is a movie about a writer who moves into a house and he has to fight killer raccoons or I'm sorry, demons. He thought they were raccoons, <laughs> but they were demons. <laughs> Did he actually think they were raccoons? Well, when he invited his neighbor over, remember? He was like, yeah, hey, he was just telling him something in the closet. Thing. I think it's raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're fighting that thing, and uh, the neighbor was like, yeah, that's not raccoons. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean... <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, movie, the movie is about... Uh, This uh, writer who inherits a house uh, from his dead aunt and moves in to kind of help finish writing his uh, next book and only to find out that the house is uh, potentially haunted or at least he's being haunted by different spirits and his uh, kind of fighting his own internal struggles and, um, you know, between uh, mental health, uh, I I believe. And uh, family issues, um, and then yeah, I don't know. That that's it. Sorry, I suck at this. No, that's a, I was actually uh, good. You not too much, not too little. It was actually pretty much dead on. You're right. Um, a lot of open ended uh, area in this movie, so it's very simple synopsis, but at the same time, uh, had a lot of character and lore behind it. Um. This is a movie I do believe is uh, very different in a lot of ways. Um, it's uh, I, I, like it's funny because to me, this is one of the things I wanted to bring up is that it's a haunted house movie that doesn't seem like a haunted house movie. It seems like there's much more to it than that, right? There's um, almost as if the house itself is like a trans-dimensional doorway rather than just like a a haunted house. Right. You know, it's got more to it, and the house is very much seemingly alive uh, in some way, which is more to me than just a haunted. It's not just a spooky ghost, or it's not just, you know, just little things here and there. Um, 
I I wanted to uh, first of all like uh, embrace uh, or let's talk about the the cast. Um, so the main dude, uh, William Cat. Uh, I do. I always remembered him as this. There was a a show back in the day, and if you're around my age, you may have heard of it. It was a show called uh, Greatest American Hero. Uh, it was kind of a. a I don't know if it was a parody of like Superman or something, but it was kind of a comical show about uh, all around superhero and everyday suburban neighborhoods and shit. Uh, it was played by William Cat, and it's funny because I even as a kid I remember watching House going, "Hey, that's Greatest American Hero." Um, which also led me to uh, thinking about okay. He was he was in an old TV show, and then you have uh, Mr. George Went. Hold on, also... hold on, hold on. Okay. Do you know what else he's done? He was, uh, he was also in uh, Carrie, the original Carrie from '76. I guess I didn't see that on his resume. Yeah, no, he, he played uh, Tommy Ross, or uh, I think yeah, Tommy. I think that's his name, and he was the guy who was on stage with Carrie. Uh, during the uh, pig blood scene. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so we have him, and then we have George Went. Everyone knows George Went as uh, Norm, right, from Cheers. Where everybody knows your name, man. I seem so and then, good. you know, and then, uh, then you start seeing other actors in this movie, and then you realize this is one of those movies that was a horror film, uh, pretty much laid out by a bunch of comedians. You know, it it was kind of basically it was kind of like you know how surveillance was, right? A lot of funny people playing in a horror film. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but, and I don't know the order of operations because I do know that um, the script got rewritten at a certain point when an additional yeah. writer came on. I don't uh, remember which one because uh, there's two writers. There's uh, Fred Decker and then there's Ethan Wiley, and I don't remember which one of them came on second. But then they rewrote the script and they made it comedic. They they put in the comedic elements in there. So I don't know if the movie had already been casted. I doubt it because the script was rewritten so i don't know if they like they wrote it they casted it and then they rewrote it and they stuck with the same cast or if they wrote it rewrote it and then casted it from there but i would imagine it's the latter because um you have comedic characters you have comedic actors in it so i would imagine they wrote it first and then they went and casted it all right fair enough i mean that's my opinion i don't know yeah, uh, who knows at this point, right? It's, it's so far back there. It's, 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 I mean, I wouldn't say unheard of. Like I say, it's, it's, this movie's got its fan base, uh, and most people will know it. There's also another uh, familiar face in it. You, you remember who? Are uh, you talking about Richard Mole? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and dude, like it's funny. Like, cool. You know how I, you know how I do things. So when 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 I'm sitting here watching this movie, right. I'm not looking up who's in there or anything like that. Obviously, I've seen the movie before, but I mean, I was a lot younger. And I think I recently seen it again, like within the last uh, seven years and stuff. So, I, again, there was a lot of forgettable uh, things. Not forgettable as in it wasn't good enough. It just, you know, it kind of 
years went by and I've seen a ton of other things and stuff. So it, it was a good revisit nonetheless. However, I forgot some of the people that were in here. Now, when I saw when I saw Big Ben, which is the role that Richard <laughs> Mole plays, right? Yeah. I was like, this guy looks fucking familiar. Yeah. I'm not gonna look him up. I'm I'm just I'm gonna sit here and fucking scan my brain. Scan, scan, scan. Um now I still Paul, I still did not look this up yet. But tell me if I'm wrong. Is this ball from night club night night court? Yeah. hundred percent. Okay, thank God. I was like, oh God, he is somebody. <laughs> is he a horror movie actor? No, maybe it yeah, it, he's a funny guy, right? Like uh, and I'm just racking my brain. I was like, I've seen him a, a billion times. What the fuck have I seen him on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. it's ball from night court. And it was funny because for a split second, for a split second, I confused him or I mistook him for Abraham, uh, sorry, Abraham Ben Ruby, mm -hmm. which is uh, the guy who played Kubiak from Parker Lewis Can't Lose, who was also in Bliss with George right, Wentz. Right. So I was like, are these guys always making movies with each other? And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's not him. That's the dude from <laughs> night court. <laughs> That's Richard. You're right, Mold. though. He does look like him, so that's that's no big uh, yeah. surprise there. Hundred <laughs> percent. So yeah, some notable names in the movie. Um, Absolutely. And was... I want, want to say, like the first first I can remember of this kind, like where you, you had the kind of like satire, like ha funny, like horror with uh, with comedic icons. So. But it wasn't overly comedic. You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember like laughing out loud at any particular part or like hearing any jokes. This, that's but it what was made still, it unique. Like, it wasn't soft, like laughable funny. It, it was, was like soft like... horror. But uh, here's the thing. This thing is rated R and I have no reason. Why, I, I don't understand why there's no cussing in it. Um, maybe it's for the violence, but like, it's like puppet violence. You don't see any blood. Um, Spoiler alert. Oh, my bad. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't understand why this movie is rated R. Uh, for one thing, it's fucking cool. cool. <laughs> you can put be yourself cool on the cult status with an R rating, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, yes, you are right. There isn't a lot of curse words. Uh, I, I actually the violence. I don't know, man. Maybe, I, maybe I think... because there are. Yeah. Like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like maybe because there are. Um, tones of death there's you know suicide there's war there's mm -hmm. you know yeah um gun violence all of, all of which i don't see um really appealing to young audiences really you know yeah i guess so that makes sense uh i'm i'll i'll, I'll put it out like this you know when i first watched this movie i was a kid i i, I can't even remember i don't know if it was like on a movie channel or what it was i just remember watching it as a kid and it spooked the shit out of me like and i don't know i think that alone probably is what kind of gave it an r rating because it was like well this is going to scare the kid out the shit out of some kids and stuff so it definitely shouldn't have like a pg rating and remember back then they didn't have a pg-13 so it was either you're either a pg movie or an r movie mm. there wasn't anything in between Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, in fact, I 
if I remember correctly, and I could be completely wrong, but I feel like it, this movie did have a sequel. It actually had multiple sequels. Now that I'm looking <laughs> it's at like four of the IMDb. Yeah, I didn't even know. I was like, I like how fuck? part two is the uh, house two, the second story. It's like, oh, come on. And if, if I remember fruit. correctly, I feel like House Two was more of a PG thirteen, but I don't I don't remember exactly. I remember it being a little bit more soft than this, and less of a horror movie, and more of an adventure kind yeah, of film. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? for sure. You know what's funny is uh, when you asked uh, when you told me you wanted to watch this one, I got it confused with a movie called The Gate. Oh no no! Uh, I don't know. Definitely why. not the gate. No, but... I know, but like, I don't know why. As soon as you said house, like, my mind just went to the gate for some reason. Yeah, yeah. See, that's a PG. That's a PG horror movie right there. Yeah, the gates PG thirteen. No PG. Get out of here. Nah, yeah, it's it's not an R rated movie. That's the one where like the demons grant wishes, but then everything turns to shit after like 24 hours, right? Yes. With a question mark. I I mean, I don't, I think so. I think, I, I think so. I just remember those little fucking minion things. That's gotta be the one then. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember they, they um, found the dude, gateway like, to hell in their backyard. And yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and one dude wished for like some like Cadillac car or whatever, and then uh, it was granted, and then like it just turned into a big old pile of shit outside the guy's house. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I, I. And you know what? I I could probably see why you mixed it up a little bit because uh, by the time it got to the ending, it seemed like that whole house was like on the fritz, kind of like in here. Um. Yeah, there's maybe there's yeah, I, there's so there's actually a bit of questions I have about this film as, as to why the house was haunted in the first place or not. If yeah. we even got okay. that, so let me let me kind of talk through it a little bit if that makes sense. Okay, I'll kind of get us started here. The movie opens with this kid bringing groceries to a house, um, kind of like early uh, DoorDash, uh, Uber Eats type shit. And he's walking in. Uh, so, okay. So this is where I want to comment. Uh, no, never mind. So he walks into the house uh, looking for the old lady, Mrs. Hooper. And he hears some noises upstairs. So he goes up, finds Mrs. Hooper hanging herself uh, in a bedroom. He freaks out, runs away, and then cut to like uh, the funeral or whatever. And then this is kind of where we meet um, uh, our main character played by William Cat. Um, I believe his name was, what was his Roger name? Cobb. Roger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roger Cobb. And Roger is a, he's an author, right? And he's at a book signing in a bookstore and there's all these weird people in line trying to get his autograph kind of. I like that scene a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> the demographic of different fans he had and shit. <laughs> Do you remember the lady that was like freaking out? Uh, kind of like asking the glasses. Weird... Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know who that is? That's no. Mindy Sterling. Do you know who Mindy Sterling is? Doesn't ring a bell. Frau from Austin Powers. Oh shit. Send it yeah. clones. <laughs> she's uh she's Seth Seth Green's mom, right? Scott Scott's mom, yeah. She ends up yeah. uh, fucking Dr. Evil and they 
<laughs> Scott. She's got that fucking distinct voice. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. didn't notice that. She's yeah. funny. I, dude, I love <laughs> wow. her. She's so funny. <laughs> nice. Good catch. Um, so he's, you know, signing. So it's book, you know, book signing and he's talking with his agent about the next book. And, um, you know, he's mentioning that it's going to be uh, uh, an account of his time in Vietnam and the um, the agents like, dude, nobody wants to read about that shit anymore. You know, it's 85. So it's been some time. But um, we cut to him going home and trying to write and he's you know staring at this big ass fucking 80s computer it was like god damn that thing is huge yeah but, you, you know the big curved screen and the, yeah. the, the the beyond 1080p and the oh wait hold on no sorry <laughs> it was more, a big block more like dot, <laughs> that green like dot matrix type shit or whatever the old computers yeah 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 <laughs> So, um, you know, he's struggling with some writer's block. He, you know, just kind of staring at the computer, doesn't really know what to do. Um, you know, at his aunt's funeral, I think he had learned that, uh, you know, that house was kind of empty now. So he decides to up and go over to the aunt's house and just for like some motivation, you know, maybe kind of clear his head out a little bit. Before he moves, he is calling the FBI to ask some questions about his son, right? This mysterious son that we haven't seen yet. And the FBI guy's like, um, I also got a call from the CIA and like, uh, you can stop calling. Like, we'll call you when we know something. I was like, dude, that sucks. Yeah, he's already burning his bridges and stuff. I, I don't, I, I mean, not even a big, uh, uh, not not even a big thing to pick at you and stuff. I, I don't think they were announcing yet about the son, but yeah, it, he had uh, something going on um, that he had talked to the FBI about. It was well, no, he called and was like, "Any update on my son?" And they're like, mm, "No, no, no update. We'll call you." All right. Well, I guess it's something I forgot about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't mention what happened or what has you know what anything other than just there's no update on your son. So it's left to us to kind of figure out or, you know, think about what happened. Um, and then at the same time, he gets a call from his ex-wife, um, Sandy, I believe is her name, who's an actress. And, um, you know, she calls up to kind of check in on him and um, he's just not having a good time with it. And, uh, you know, he, so he ends up going to sleep and in sleeping is when he has these um, Vietnam flashbacks. This is where we figure out that he was in Vietnam. And so because, you know, they're troubling, he can't sleep. So he gets up, packs a bag and fucking leaves. And then he goes over to his aunt's house and he pulls up and we see the for sale sign. And do you remember the realty company that's selling the house? Yeah, of course. Craven Realty. There you go. So there, there was our uh, possible second homage, right? Yeah, nod to um, Wes Craven, which is cool because um, there's that movie that I want us to do, uh, which is Kill Her Goats. It's pronounced Killer Goats, but it's spelled Kill Her Goats. And uh, Kane Hodder's in that one too. He, I think he plays the the killer. But the movie takes oh, place. Oh, really? Oh, shit. It's a different role. <laughs> Surprise. For I know, right? Really branching out. 
But the movie takes place. Plot tied casting. (laughs) (laughs) The movie takes place in a little town called West Craven. That's funny. That's pretty dope, right? Yeah. That's that's funny. Yeah. I'll give it to him. And then I think the people who uh, made that one are also, they have also got another one coming out called Fog City. Um which I believe takes place in the same city. So, and just stuff to keep an eye on, you know? Nice. So, um, Roger gets to the house. He's meeting with the realtor. They're kind of just like walking the house. Also um, another familiar face. And I, I know I've seen him a thousand times and I'm trying to remember where I've seen him. The realtor. Yeah. Ooh, and I'm I'm thinking he he was another comedic actor as well. I don't think he he plays many serious roles either. Um, so I watched this on Amazon Prime on my iPad, and there's that they have an X-ray feature. I don't know if you've ever used that. Where like yeah, know. I have. Yeah. Okay, so I did see his name on there, Michael Ensign, but I don't I don't know. I didn't look at him. Uh, he may have been on uh, some sitcom or something then. Maybe yeah, maybe another uh, show guy. He was the hotel manager for Ghostbusters. Um, he was in. Titanic. That's where I remember him. That's he it, right there. The yeah, he was the guy for... that was pissed off because they ruined the dining room. That's right. <laughs> yeah. See, another comedy kind of movie. He stuff. was. He's also credited as hotel manager for The Wall, Pink Floyd's movie. I oh remember, yeah, I remember Holy that shit. part though. Also. Not a very long line of uh, different roles and shit. I know, I right? Mean, <laughs> I, I guess in this one he's different. He's a realtor, but and we want you to play the hotel. I mean, I mean, hotel, hotel manager, manager two re- movies, man, and then realtor. You know, not too different, right? At the end of the day, you're still managing. Yeah, yeah, really for other people. <laughs> you're the same role. <laughs> you're the same fucking role. <laughs> You've got that perfect like hotel manager face. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh man. So he's showing um uh so he's showing um Roger the you know just kind of walking the grounds with him and they get to the pool. And this is where Roger kind of stalls out staring at the pool and then we get a flashback. And this is where we learned what happened to his son. Do you remember what happened? Yeah, but before that, let me rewind back because he had that phone call with Sandy, right? Right. And when he told her that he went back to the house, I remember distinctly her going like, why are you going to do that to yourself? Mm. So, you know, and it was kind of a, a throw to to this kind of like uh, advancing towards what had happened there. Uh, so his, his recognition of the pool was... Uh, this is uh, the, I, if I if there's anything to really pick at on this movie, it would be this for me. The uh, not too many signs of um, you know shifting from the past to present. Um, it kind of just does it, you know. So mm, sometimes it might gotcha. confuse things, but this is obviously a a throwback to a, an earlier time. My thing is. How much earlier was it? It doesn't. It couldn't have been a long time ago, right? Because all right. So anyway, he's looking at the uh, the the pool, and uh, he remembers a time where him 
Sandy, you know, his wife at the time, uh, they're barbecuing. It's a nice spring day and stuff. Um, and uh, the sun goes wandering off and it's nothing, you know, it's the eighties. You don't have a bunch of pedos walking around and fucking, you know, well, I don't, think you went, I don't even think he went wandering off. I think it was just a, uh, you know, um, he was there like, you know, doing some, some, uh, Oh yeah. Landscaping but we we were assumed that he just kind of up and walked off or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably what he was thinking. That is right. what I'm getting at. Uh, William Katz character. He's probably sitting there going like, Oh yeah. where did he go? He's like, Oh shit. And then, uh, and then he sees his son in the pool struggling. Um, and so, you know, just like a good parent, he just like drops everything, runs and just jumps right in and he dives in for him and, you know, kind of goes under when he comes back up, he realizes his son's gone, just disappeared in thin air, like almost as if, uh, the, the, the pool itself swallowed him up. Right. Yep. And, uh, you know, and then next we have, uh, I do believe they had uh, the, the police over asking questions like, well, where do you think he went? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't fucking know. Like, I'm telling you what I saw. No, you know, he was like, he was adamant that the son was in the pool. He was like, no, or, he was in there. Oh, That's yeah, why yeah. I he, ran in he, there. He's all, I don't know what happened. The only I reason tell I you jumped, what happened. Yeah, he's like, this is the only reason I jumped there, in there. And he's, now he's fucking gone. But the aunt came over, the owner of the house. Right. And was like, it was the house. The house took him. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. The and house they were like, Shh, you're so funny, you crazy lady. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But little did we you know, know. It, it kind of reminded me of the weird grandma on grandma's boy and shit. Really? The weird one? Like, yeah, she wasn't oh, like all there not, and shit. Yeah, yeah. So there's the main grandma and then there's the slutty one who did it with Karl Marx. The one that had all the pills. Remember, she had her assortment of pills and yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is breakfast, this is lunch, yeah. this is dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that weird one. I got. Hits of those kind of vibes. She was definitely not all there. There were a few screws loose there. (laughs) And she was funny enough. And I know this was kind of like the thing because this is the transition between like the 70s to the 80s and stuff. She was wearing something that looked like it came from the, the Wild West times, right? It had like the little token collar thing and stuff, like the old fucking early 1900s dress wear it seemed like the you know the yeah really poofy kind of thing yeah but i do think that that was a thing back then because that was still kind of rocking back in the 70s and stuff like that so she's probably dressing like her old way versus what we're used to in the 80s which is totally different so it's it kind of stood out to me so i just thought I'd bring yeah that up. yeah so we get a fuller picture, right? The kid was has gone missing. And that the house swallowed him up. At least that's the running theory by the person who lives there. So um, this is where you start to question. You recognize well, the house, by the way? N- no, I thought it looked familiar, but um, I didn't look into it. It is an iconic house and has been in uh, multiple movies. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the same house that was in Psycho. It is the same house that was used for the Munsters. Um, There was 
a lot of other movies I think they used it. Interesting. You know what uh, triggered it for me is is uh, see here's the thing with the monsters it's black and white if that's the case with um, I, Psycho, I'm sure it was painted differently sure. too. Right? With Psycho, um, you see it mostly at night. You don't see it during the day like you do with this one here, where it's you know bright outside and swimming pool and the whole nine. But what gave it away for me was the staircase. The staircase looked mm. familiar. And I was like, I've seen this house somewhere before. I just, I don't know where. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, same house. Uh, I think what what they did with it uh, differently on this was they just changed the angle, right? Uh, with, with Psycho, well, I mean, the monsters, it, it kind of looked the same, but, but with uh, Psycho, they usually focused more towards that big old tall part of it. So you saw it from a different angle. Whereas mm. this one, you're seeing it kind of from the side, same structure, but it kind of uh, changes the way it looks because you're seeing it at a different angle. Mm. Makes sense. I don't know if they did that on purpose or not, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same house. Interesting. Yeah, the only thing I can find on it here is it says that the house interior is a two-story set built on the old Desilu Studios, which is the I Love Lucy Studios. That's crazy. Yeah, definitely a part of uh, movie history, American movie history. Nice. Um. So, anyways, uh, so we find out what happened with the kid. He's there at the house. We okay. We're we're good. But here's the thing. So he's uh. This is the first instance for me <clears throat> after watching the flashback scene of like thinking, is it the house? I mean, obviously there's some, something at play because he saw the kid in the pool and he ran in there, but he, I don't want, I don't want to jump to that part so fast. I will just say for now the woman, the, you know, aunt Elizabeth, the aunt is older. So with, with old age comes, um, senility. I think that's how you say it, but you know, maybe she's senile, maybe she's yeah. crazy, right? Is maybe it's a figment of her imagination. And um, she, she puts off those crazy lady vibes. Like there's yeah, no tomorrow yeah. and stuff. It's definitely believable. So that's the first part for me of like, okay, maybe there's some doubt there. As Roger continues to tour the house, he ends up in um, his son's bedroom. I guess it was a bedroom made for his son. And then he has his flashback. Or no, actually, he goes into a different room. He goes into the room where Aunt Elizabeth hung herself. And then she's there. And she's telling him that the house won. I like that scene, too, because it's not only just... Uh... It's almost like a memory, but not memory, but it's like happening right from it's a haunt, but she's telling him something that it's, it's her repeating her hanging, but telling him as she's hanging herself, like it, this, the, the house did it to me, the house is doing it to me and it's going to do the same to you kind of thing. Right. 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 Yeah. So he freaks out and he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to call it a night. He goes to the medicine cabinet and finds a bottle of Valium. Um, doesn't take any, but goes back to his son's room and then like sleeps in his son's bed, which I thought was kind of, I mean, I get it. Your son's missing and you love him and you miss him. But like, 
I don't, I don't know. For me, that was a little creepy that this grown ass man's going to sleep in this little like race car bed, you know? All right. That was creepy to you. But the whole thing about the, I'm going to take it back to the pumpkin head episode and stuff. <laughs> when, when, uh, fucking Bishop, I'm just going to call him Bishop. Lance Henriksen. No, his name was, uh, it, cause it's, uh, Ed Hardy or something. <laughs> it, was, it was so close to Ed Hardy, Ed, Ed Purdy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was doing something creepy with his kid and you're like that creeps you out and stuff like that but this guy's sleeping in his kid's race car bed i think it was because he was holding his son while his son was dying and you were like yeah that was a weird scene and i was like dude he's consoling his kid wasn't right isn't that what we were talking about no he was teaching him how to how to wash his hands but he was doing it in a very that's right. <laughs> Strange way, like rubbing his arms and stuff like that. Again, oh, it's just something for the time and stuff like that. When we look back and see it now, it's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Okay, uh, so this is for all the weirdos at home that are listening to this. When this is over. You, if you are listening, you're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> go back go to season one, which is <laughs> on YouTube, episode two. Uh, is our pumpkin head episode, which ironically Matt's wearing a pumpkin head t-shirt right now. Go figure. <laughs> okay. So the next morning, um, Roger comes out and he's, you know, um, kind of getting the lay of the land with the neighborhood. He meets his neighbor, which is George Wentz, um, which is so oh, funny because let's not forget the winker. Well, <laughs> I'll get there, but I want okay. to start with this first because, uh, George Wentz is like meeting Roger for the first time. So it's like, Hey, you new to the neighborhood? And he's like, yeah, I just moved in. He's like, Oh yeah, it's a nice house. But like the lady who lived here was fucking crazy. Stupid, crazy bitch. And he's just like, that old hag and blah, blah, blah. That was my aunt. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah. Lovely lady, heart of gold. <laughs> yeah, he's all like, yeah, that, that was my aunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He changed his tune real quick. You know what? George Went will never lose it, man. Good for him. That guy, that guy, you know, absolutely funny. He really so, is. So this is where we also meet the the neighbor for the first time. Uh, blonde lady jogging, um, you know, real fit, passing by, gives him the wink. You know, she's walking into her house, but like looking back, making sure he's still looking. And this dude's pretty cut too. I mean, he's wearing this like deep deep v like sweater and so you see sweater, like, yeah. the buffness through very it. deep v sweater well yeah it was the a look real... on his face see this is why i i like i almost called him by his character name and stuff but this is why i like william cat he's just got that goofy nature and stuff like that it's just really likable and shit and like yeah that face that stupid face he had on him like a boy just like seeing candy and shit like that and it's just funny like i was like what the fuck is going on here i mean i knew what the fuck was going on it's just like you know oh whatever you gotta see it to, to understand what i was talking about so he goes back into the house and he goes back to writing and this is where we get again remember he's writing a book on his uh experience in vietnam and so we've had a vietnam flashback at this point it's where we met big ben um and then um He's, we get another one and this is kind of more filled in where um, his platoon is talking about strategy, how they're going to move through the jungle and nobody wants to take point. Um, so um, Big Ben um, says, I'll fuck it. 
I'll take it. I don't give a shit. And he's like the oaf. He's like the, he's like the one that's just not all there, right? He's just like the, uh, you know, all uh, well, brawn, yeah, no I mean, brain kind of guy. Well, yeah, I mean, he he's played by Richard Mole. So I mean, Richard Mole's like six eight, six nine. He's a big fucking dude. So like, yeah, let's get the big burly dude to be like the machismo one, the one who's like you know balls out. So he's like, fuck it, I'll do it. And he yeah, takes, you got the bandoliers on and shit and the heavy machine. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, he does, but then he they end up him and um, Roger William Cat end up getting um, attacked, and uh, Richard Mole ends up you know taking some shots and, and going down. But that's kind of where we leave that at for now. He gets a little weirded out, and he kind of snaps back to reality. And there's a movie on, there's, there's a movie on the TV. Do you remember what movie they were watching or he was watching? Uh, I know it stood out, but for the likes for the life of me right now, I cannot figure it out. I'm even kind of going. It was a horror movie. Oh, there's the deep V scene. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh no, I I I can't tell you. I, I'm trying to get there, but I'm also trying to take timing into perspective here. So go ahead. Yeah, I gotcha. No, I was legitimately asking you because I don't remember. <laughs> oh no shit. Yeah, no, right. I don't, I don't uh, remember. No, it's okay. right, you, are you at a time frame? Or... Uh, oh, oh, it might be right here. Somewhere like around twenty six minutes. minutes yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There is a movie on. Oh, come on. Come on. Do I actually have to play it to see where it's at? Because I really want to know now. Okay, it's showing a building. Yeah, no, I couldn't tell you. Mm, I know I'm going to find it here in the trivia, but... uh... (sighs) It's got some crazy woman on it. Yeah, I don't know. I I know I'm going to figure it out later. Anyways, um, so he hears some noises, he's distracted by the movie, gets up from the computer, and he ends up going into that same uh, room uh, where Aunt Elizabeth had killed herself. And he ends up opening this closet because that's where the noises are coming from, but it's just a closet. And so he walks out. um, You know, I think at this point he's thinking himself he's crazy, like he's just hearing things. Um, so he's just, you know, trying to distract himself by doing mundane things like brushing his teeth, but he's a man on a mission. So he ends up, um, going back and right when the clock strikes midnight, he opens the closet door and then what happens? Uh, he's visited by this, this is where I I get the whole thing with the hauntings kind of mixed up. Uh, They would call it a ghost. So this 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 is what they consider a ghost, but it it's like some creature from beyond. We're talking like fucking H.P. Lovecraft type shit. That's one of the things that scared me as a kid is that goddamn monster in the closet was fucking freaking me out. Dude. It was great. I loved it. it. And the <laughs> fact that it was uh, animatronic, you know, it's a um, it's not a special effect. You know, it's not mm. computer or AI or computer generated or anything. It's a practical effect. To me, I was like, dude, that's fucking dope. And here's the thing. I, I There is a part of that whole demon monster that has a face to it. And I swear to God, it looks like the the head from Basket Case. 
the the twin that was in the basket. Remember how its face is all just kind of like I, like melted that's the putty. Thing. This thing is so contorted and weird looking. It's hard to tell what's what. It's got limbs. It's got like bone, or some kind of spiny things sticking out. And that's the thing is I couldn't really tell where the face was, but there was a face there. But it seemed like it had mul- multiple faces or like you know more than one head. But it's just. I, I it's really they only show you a split second now i've never seen a still of this thing i'm sure there is one online um but i just i'm kind of going i'm I'm kind of floating through this with you the audience listening in i just uh i didn't relook at it yet but it, it is so deranged looking it's very hard to make out its features so for you to see that it's pretty incredible yeah i just googled it right now um there are a few but like nah, nothing where it shows like the full body of it. But yeah, no, yeah. I thought it was dope. I like to think that it's kind of a mishmash of like different monsters, mm-hmm. different creatures. I mean, this movie's already like nodding to other movies in other oh. different ways. So like, why wouldn't the monster be like a, like a concoction of different creatures from different horror movies, you know? That, and I'm also thinking now in a very different way, I think there's another uh, another level to this that I didn't really think about. It, just you saying that, I'm thinking an amalgamation of different things, blah, blah, blah. Um, this creature seems like an amalgamation of just a multiple things that somebody could fear. Um, uh, being that this guy's already paranoid and shit like that, that's why it doesn't have like a standard look to it. It's just like, you know, it's like Frankensteining a bunch of fearful, like, you know, you got the clawed hands, you got the, you know, spiny body. It's just, you know, it's, yeah. it's something straight out of your nightmares. Right. Yeah. Like, so I think that's kind of what, I wonder if that's where they were going with that, you know? Yeah. But it was dope as fuck. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, Great creature effect for sure. Yeah. So Roger figures out what's in the closet. So now he's putting some like tactfulness together. Like he's he's like getting prepared. The next scene is like a uh, shit ton of cameras kind of lined up in front uh, in the bedroom. I like how they had the like kind of like the the, the battle music going. Not really battle. Well, he music, put himself but like in his like amping up to the battle. <laughs> yeah, right. He put himself he, in he his like a delivery truck with a stack of boxes like this. It's all JVC and yeah. fucking like different things. Yeah. You're like, all right, this guy's got a plan. <laughs> He's like connecting all these cameras together and right. stuff. And. Uh, he he gets in his I, military I, greens and like you know he's he's ready. Yeah, he's yeah, ready. he's he's yeah. in his uniform, his fucking yeah. Vietnam uniform and <laughs> shit like that. Like he's in battle right now against the house. So oh, it already takes it from like a zero to fucking sixty and shit, and like like just a few frames, right? Like he's just like, all right, fuck this place and shit. I'm gonna do something about it. He wants to show the world what's going on in this place, so he's building. Uh, uh, a photo op to show these people that there's a fucking monster in this closet. He's in his battle gear ready to go. And he's plotting a way of snapping pictures, taking video and then running out in time before the thing gets him, I guess. Well, the way he's going to do it is like, he's tied a rope to the doorknob and then he put the rope behind the cameras and kind of like a makeshift foxhole, if you will. 
And yeah. the goal is like, I'm going to pop the door open when it strikes midnight and all my cameras are going to be recording this stuff. And then I'm going to run away. Um, but that doesn't happen, right? He tries to do it, but then the neighbor comes over. I and, think he was practicing. Well, he practiced first. And then I think that's when the neighbor saw him. Is like, hey, what are you Where he doing? Where he runs out and, and does like, that knee slide. Yeah. And he's out, like, yes. At the door. Yes. <laughs> With his arm. See, that's why I think he was practicing. I don't think. I, I no, think he, he was, was ready for He it. was practicing first. He, he, right, he right. did a practice run. Then he saw the neighbor outside. And the neighbor's like, the fuck are you doing? And then he went back inside and he actually went to do it. But then the neighbor walked in with food and was like, hey, I figured you could do and something beer. to eat. Yeah, and beer. Yes. So because if there's one thing that George went is good for is drinking <laughs> everything I've seen him on. He's drinking. So kudos to him. That, that's true. Well, well, welcome to the show. Yeah, that's very George true. Went. So, um, you know, he's telling George light too. By yeah. The way, so. Ro- Roger's telling him uh, the story of what happened. And so um, the neighbor goes home. And he called, he, he stole Roger's uh, phone book and he calls Sandy, his ex-wife. And By the way, we're not talking about like Pacific Bell phone book. And to those of you that don't know, back before the days of the good old fucking smartphone, you had to have an address book to remember all your numbers. Yeah. And it's a little book that has everybody's fucking name and number in it. Sorry, I just thought I would bring that in there. They're like, phone book, what the fuck? <laughs> so he calls her up, tells her, hey, you know, uh, I think he needs some help. He's going a little crazy, you know? And so she's like, all right, all right, all right. Like, I'll, you know, call me in the morning. You know, let me know what happens. I can't make it out there right now, but like, call me and let me know. Was that snitching? You think he was snitching? I think he was just concerned. I don't think it was snitching. Yeah, I had a, I had trouble like trying to put that together. I was like, is he a concerned citizen or he's just, is he like, this guy's fucking weird and shit. I want to find out what's going on. The better half of me wants to say George Wendt is just minding his own business and he might be looking out for his favorite author. So I'll just go with that one. Yeah, there you go. So, um, you know, it's getting towards the end of the night. He starts to try writing again, some more Vietnam flashbacks, and then he's distracted again and he comes out and he's walking the house. He finds one of his son's toys on the floor. And then there's this big ass fucking, I'll call it a Marlin. There's a big ass marlin on the wall, and the thing starts to come alive, and it's like moving big around. Big blue fish. That yeah, shit yeah. was eerie. Come on. I mean, <laughs> it's because of the eyeball. It's got this big, huge fucking eye, and the eye moves, and it was looking at him, and it was making these like fish out of water sounds, and it it, it was pretty cool. I, I I'll admit. Well, at first, well, I no, thought it was a the little initial the, the the part where you saw the head move a little bit, but you weren't sure that it did. That's what really got me. Got it. I mean, it was before it started flapping around and the eye was moving. There was a subtle movement of the head, and he's even he was looking at it like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like he's just staring at it. And you, as the audience, are feeling the same thing because you did just see it move, but very small and and short. So it right. was just like, it, it, wait, hold on, what the? <laughs> Sorry, I just <laughs> all right, come on. I'm a little bit excited about this movie. It is a childhood favorite of mine. <laughs> so he gets all freaked out that this fish is coming to life on the wall. So he runs into the, the back house, grabs a shotgun, a bunch of shells, drops some of the shells in the kitchen. That's important for later. 
and then mm. comes over and just like blasts a fucking hole in this thing. And then because he, agree, you know, I think Roger was feeling the same thing we were feeling, which is like, this thing is fucking creepy. He takes a, a towel and he kind of throws it over the, the fish's over eye. The so he, yeah, so <laughs> That'll solve everything. <laughs> <laughs> Let it flop around. Now I don't have to look at his fucking face. Out of sight, out of towel. mind. Now, it's also worth mentioning, too, that at this point, you know, Roger has been taking some of the volume volume that's been in the bathroom. Mm. So we're starting to put more of a picture together, right? So here's this guy who has what I would call, I don't think they called it this at the time, but I would call it PTSD, right? He's having Vietnam nightmares about his buddies getting killed in the in the congo and or not in the congo but in the uh in the jungles and he's you know he can't sleep he's having Mm -hmm. night terrors he's self-medicating like you know he's alone he's wanting to be alone he keeps telling the neighbor just like leave me alone um you know seeing things it's very very was very like okay i kind of Maybe like the ant, where like with the ant, I was like, she's old, she's senile. Maybe it's all in her head. I'm starting to think with him, is this all in his head? You know, is this just something that's happening to him? Is he breaking down mentally? Yeah, like you said, the PTSD. I mean, it, it, especially back in those days, was probably something com- like it was known about, but something completely unexplored, right? right. I mean, I think. Th- uh, don't quote me on this. I could be 100% wrong. I think the only other movie of this time that explored the subject of PTSD, uh, PTSD can come in all forms, but most people um, see it as like, you know, what something that you bring back from um, from wartime and stuff like that. Uh, the only other movie that I can think of of these times that would explore anything like it was Jacob's Ladder. Hmm. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, man, uh, I, don't even... I mean, it, it was more of a take of like experimentation of PTSD, but it, you didn't. You never seen Jacob's Ladder? We might have to cover it no, on this I show. So. It was actually. It's definitely qualifiable. Yeah. And on top of that, it had uh, George Costanza on it. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> As as a guy that came back from Vietnam, which I, I try to picture George Costanza in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, completely unexplored subject. Uh, and again, this is par- probably one of the reasons why this movie had an R rating, a very uh, misunderstood, right. yeah. you know, mental. That's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. So, um, you know, he comes back in, he kills the thing. He goes back into the shed. I forget why, but um, this is where we see some of the tools in the shed are like attacking him. Right. So he's tripping again and he runs back into the house and at the front door is his ex-wife. And he yes. brings her in and, you know, they get to talking and then she ends up turning into one of these demons. So he kills her. Right. He shoots the demon. But then when he goes to investigate the body, it's actually his wife. So he's like, holy shit, I killed my ex-wife, which most ex-husbands are like, hell yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it, he shot her. Okay, he shot her down on the front porch. Uh, mind you, it is broad daylight. Yeah. It is the middle, <laughs> you know, probably noonish, afternoon, whatever. He shoots her, and um, George went. Uh, the neighbor um, reports shots fired. I think he's thinking at first that the guy, the guy next door, you know, his 
his newfound friend, his his favorite author, may be trying to kill himself. So, you know, in con- concerns, he dials 911 and he sees him there with a shotgun in, in his hand. Uh, oh, yeah. And that's when he calls him in. I don't think he saw the body, right? It was just. No, he uh, was standing over. Yeah, the yeah. Body. William William Cat goes and picks her up and like brings her inside when he hears when he when he hears the sirens, right? He knows the cops are coming. He's like, Oh fuck, I gotta do something about this crime scene real fast. <laughs> he takes I'll her just in put that over here and has a little uh, under the stairs closet that's kind of hidden. It it looks like some of the panels of the wall and stuff like that. So he's like, Oh fuck it, I'll put her in there. Right. And yeah. then what what does he do, Paul? <laughs> Just to justify the situation, tell us what he did. Well, he put her in there, closed the door, and then invited the cops in for coffee. No, what was he doing when the cops showed up? Oh, he was just cleaning the gun. He was just out on the porch, just cleaning the gun. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, whistling, I just went off like, when I was cleaning it. The yeah. barrel. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, hey, I didn't realize it was loaded. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but he does bring them in for coffee, right? And then one of them's got to use the bathroom. So he walks by the little door case and Roger's like, no, 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 not over there. The bathroom's over here. And then uh, they're in the kitchen with the other cop and you know, uh, George is in there too. And he's serving them coffee and he notices that those shotgun yeah, shells like that demand he demand coffee off them, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could use a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make me a cup of coffee. It's like, <laughs> bitch, what the fuck? But those shotgun shells that he dropped in the kitchen from earlier are still there. So he tries to yeah. pick them up all quietly, but then the cop sees it and he's like, hey, what's this? I thought you said you were just cleaning your gun. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, you know, I, I was, but, you know, uh, he's like, you always have bullet you know, ammo around when you're cleaning it? He's like, mm, you know, yeah, kind of. <laughs> that's what he was saying. Well, to me, that's a legitimate excuse. I mean, I, regardless of what this cop is thinking, like, hey, yeah, it had a couple shells in the barrel. I took them out while I was cleaning them. Yeah. How's that really hard to understand? Him as a guy who bears arms himself, I'm sure he's got guns in his house loaded, ready to right. go in case of an emergency. So he gets the cops out of his house. He gets the neighbor out of his house. And then he goes to look at the body and it's not there. He hears sounds upstairs, so he's like, let me go check that shit out, and only to be attacked by the same demon that is his wife or his ex-wife, and they end up uh, kind of fighting. Um, this thing looks like something straight out of the, the straight out of Evil Dead, right? Yeah, like 100%. It's... Total deadite. <laughs> right. And it goes to shoot him with his shotgun, but the, the shotgun is empty, so they start fighting. And through the fighting, um, those garden tools that were attacking him earlier end up hitting her. And I think one of them was an axe that ended up cutting her head off. So he oh shears. It was oh is that what it was? Okay. So he takes the head, buries it in the backyard again in broad fucking daylight. Then takes this whole big ass bag that is the body down to the to the backyard to bury that but like he didn't even have a hole dug first i was like where's the hole and then he starts to dig the holes like no you gotta dig the hole first dude and that, that way you know it's not standing there with a fucking dead body which was important because the the neighbor the the blonde neighbor from across the street was in his pool in his backyard and she was like oh yeah 
your 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 aunt used to let me swim whenever I wanted. So you know, uh, yeah, the hot jogger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, she's like, yeah, 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 I'm just. Yeah, uh, we just watched a movie that did that very same yeah, thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blade of the <laughs> not Blade in the Dark or whatever it was called. <laughs> yeah, just it's okay. You know, if you have a neighbor that's got a pool, it's okay to just wander on their property and just take a dip and shit. Yeah, yeah. 100%. If it's the day, if it's the eighties. <laughs> You get shot for some shit like that nowadays. So she's like, "Hey, uh, you know, we should hang out. Like, let let me come back a little bit later, and like, we'll hang out." And he was like, "Yeah, okay, to- totally." Yeah, well, he was he, at the same time he was trying to get rid of her, right? Because he's got this fucking body, and he's yeah. just like, "Oh shit!" I, I think he called it a tell sapling. her what she needs. He was like, "Yeah, it's a sapling. I'm gonna." He's reaching right now. out, trying to grab him, trying to grab her, and he's like trying desperately to make. sure. <laughs> she doesn't notice what the fuck's in the bags and shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> this thing is not fully dead. It just keeps fucking reaching out and shit and like trying to fuck up every situation he's got going. Now it cuts to later. He takes a shower. You know, he's like trying to unwind and he hears some noises in the backyard. So he goes back out there with his flashlight because he knows he just buried that body out there and he sees that the holes are dug up. Turns out it's this fucking dog that dug up the body and like is running around with the demon's head in its mouth and shit. And so no, while, hand. Oh, yeah. the hand. Yeah, that's right. And so that's right. Cause he, he, he cut the body in pieces. He right. looked at the fucking ax right before he was about to fucking bury it and realize it's easier just to bury body parts. So yeah. He's got a bunch of little <laughs> fucking dirt mounds all, all over his backyard. So the dog digs up a hand. And then while he's running around trying to like find it, um, the hot neighbor comes back over with her son. I was like, you weren't going to mention yeah. the kid, you know, she was all flirty with him, but she wasn't going to mention the kid. And she comes over to, cause I guess in the, in the pool scene, she was like, maybe I'll come over later and we can, you know, we could play a little bit. And then she comes over tonight and she's like, you ready to play? And here's my son. He's, you know, if you could watch him, that'd be great. He loves to play. Like, here's his toys. I was like, damn, she did him dirty. <laughs> Fuck yeah! What she's gonna leave her? Okay, first of all, this is the '80s. Okay, maybe it's different times or whatever. You don't know this guy. You're just like you know. You seem like the kind of guy I could just dump my kid on and shit like that. So here you go. Have fun. I'm gonna go get laid elsewhere. So, (laughs) but I I just what a bitch. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Did she do it on purpose? I I think maybe she kind of meant like to be friendly but maybe not flirtatious like i'm maybe i'm pissed at her at this point maybe i'm like this poor guy he's already dealing with a lot of shit and you're just gonna <laughs> dump your kid on him and shit yeah like that perfect stranger all right here you go have fun oh yeah he's probably gonna stay the night too by the way yeah and blah, blah, blah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah <laughs> He kind of runs off and and Roger notices that the hand is on his back. So he goes chasing after him and he's able to pull the hand off and he like throws it in the toilet and flushes it before like the neighbor can come and see what's happening. And then she she leaves. Right. So he's there with the kid. He leaves the kid watching television and it's his ex-wife on TV and while he's writing. And so um he ends up putting the kid to sleep so he can go back to writing. And then we have another cut to the Vietnam scene. And this is where um, Big Ben is dying. And he's essentially telling uh, Roger, like, hey, 
kill me. Don't let me be taken by, you know, Charlie, if you will, like kill me. And he, he didn't want to do it and he couldn't do it. Yeah. And there was a bunch of guys a very around. different pace for this kind of movie, too. Yeah, yeah. It's a very touching kind of scene, even though the, the movie's kind of comical and, like, you know, funny. And, uh, you know, it, it has its moments with, uh, you know, just uh, treasured times, like uh, a good bonding kind of thing. And you can tell this is as goofy as this guy was. He was he was probably his best friend, you know, in the unit and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, he's hurting. He's seeing yeah. his best buddy dying. The guy's telling him, hey, just kill me. Let me go. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, but then he's distracted again because the kid uh, is gone. And he goes to find, you know, he's walking around the house. And he sees that this demon has pulled the kid into one of the rooms. And when he runs in there to save him, this demon is, like, pulling him up the chimney. So he's, like, struggling with, you know, trying to pull the kid down and eventually gets him broken free. And then, um, oh God, those two things <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, yeah, these two yeah. demons. We've okay, we've got okay. They look like something off a of fucking. Uh, Jesus Christ, what the fuck was that little card? Uh, garbage pail kids. Go, yeah, they look like garbage pail kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Big googly eyed fucking things. Yeah, <laughs> that was dude. That was a cool scene. I'm sorry. Yeah. He rushes upstairs and he sees the boy being pulled into this room by the weirdest looking things you've ever seen. They just slam the door like in a split second and stuff. And you're left with a WTF moment. <laughs> what the hell's going on? He gets into the room. And like you said, there's a fireplace up there and the kid's arms are like up into the fireplace. Like something's holding on to him and just yanks him up into the fireplace. <laughs> So because right, he so gets him out, he's all dirty and he gives him a bath, which I was like, dude, you just met this kid and you're already like bathing him. I don't know. To me, that was weird, too. That but was very weird. Yeah, he, yeah. His mom comes to pick him up. They leave. And then the neighbor comes over. And this is where Roger finally tells the neighbor, like, what's been going on? And he's like, hey, I need you to help me come catch these raccoons. And he's like, OK. So they go upstairs. He was smart to tell him it was raccoons. Yeah. Kind of like the weasel thing on Return of the Living <laughs> yeah, Dead, right? Sure, yeah. Let's be smart about what we tell this guy because he already thinks I'm fucking crazy. Right. So let me tell him something that's reasonable. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, you know what? I was crazy. It was big raccoons. <laughs> you want to see these raccoons? I want you to sit with me here. I need you. I need your help with this so we can get these raccoons and stuff. It was fun. Smart, smart maneuver. So you open... if you guys ever have a, a a monster or something haunting your house or some creatures outside and shit, don't tell people what you just saw. Just tell them it's uh, this and that. Watch, you'll see it yourself. <laughs> that way, you don't look <laughs> fucking crazy. And they might just stick around because they're like, oh, yeah, raccoons are reasonable. <laughs> Fuck, you tell me there's a monster in your closet. Come on. <laughs> so they open Sorry. the door. The monster comes out, neighbors freaking out, and it sucks Roger into the closet. And where we're left is in the scene where Big Ben is dying in Vietnam. And he's like, dude, why didn't you it, kill me? Man? I, he's I like, like that. On, break, kill me, bro. I mean, okay. The monster pulls him into the fucking closet. George Went is, is there. He's like, what the fuck am I looking at? And he's in a state of shock, but at the same time, he's he's on a fishing line, right? Uh, yeah. Roger's on a fishing line as he gets pulled into the closet, and he's trying to reel him back in like he's some big game or whatever. Yeah. And, he's, uh, and then fucking uh, Roger gets pulled into 
the upside down yeah, <laughs> before the pre- upside down much. was a thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right. He goes. Uh, he goes through a hole in the wall. Uh, this is where this is where my whole transdimensional thing with this house kind of it, it just goes into a different place. It goes into the jungles of his Vietnam tour. And uh, like you said, it goes right into his last memory. So he goes back into that place that was right. his last memory and what happens there. So he's talking to Big Ben. Big Ben's like, dude, just kill me. He's like, I can't, man. I can't. I can't. And then like the Viet Cong comes. So he gets scared and he starts running. They're shooting after him and he sees this doorway in the jungle. So he jumps through it and he's back in the room and he wakes up the neighbor, George, who's been drinking himself to sleep. And puts him to bed. Well, George, he, he polished off that six pack and he's still dusting a fucking Jack Daniel. Yep. And he's like over halfway done with that. <laughs> Drunk as fuck. So Roger um is going like to get a nice of... neighbor fucking puts him into the bed and shit. Sorry, I didn't say that, dude. That was very nice of him. So Roger um, is going, he's, uh, you know, puts him to sleep. He's going into another room and he notices a, one of the pictures that his aunt painted and it's got a picture of his son in a mirror. So then he's thinking like, oh shit, maybe the mirror in the bathroom. So he runs over there and he breaks the mirror and it's just black void. It's just hold on. Again, ju- I, I know we're running long on this one, but I, I just wanted to emphasize that real fast. It was a painting that was presented in the very beginning of the film. It was a painting that uh, his his aunt or aunt, whichever you prefer, was doing before she died. And apparently she did paintings all over the place. If you notice that she had a bunch yeah. of paintings all mm-hmm. over the house that were just really weird. But yeah, yeah they were just all over the place. This one was pretty cool, I I must say. It had like the twisted clock. It had all kinds of weird weird things. It kind of told the story of this movie. Um, th- these are the little trinkets that I can really enjoy about this film. But there was a corner of that painting that was unrevealed. And it was reminiscent, even though it was way before, it was reminiscent of um, All Hallows' Eve, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. The, there was uh, the, that painting that was covered up and she revealed it was Art the Clown. Um, it, it was it was almost like uh, this is the last piece of the puzzle and I should have looked at that from the beginning and got a clue of what the fuck is happening. That, that's what happened here. Um, and even as a guy who revisited this movie that would have never understood that like a long time ago when I first watched it, I knew that there was a reason why that rag was covering the top corner of that painting. And I was like, that is going to be the big reveal. Mm. And it sure as fuck was right. Yeah. Cause he's looking at the painting and he pulls off that rag and he now sees his son's image screaming in the, the, the bathroom medicine cabinet mirror. Right. And I, even to this day, like, uh, there's not a lot that scares me. We watch these movies all day, every day, and shit like that. In fact, it's just more like, is it good or is it not? But this is one of those things that's just like, that's eerie. <laughs> <laughs> that is now a picture of your son, but it's showing you where your son went. Right. right? Yeah. And so um, he goes... And so and- his first thing was... I'm sorry. His first thing was to open up the cabinet door, and all he saw was the pills, and he saw the fucking shelves and shit like that but you 
bust open the fucking mirror and like you said it's a void to nowhere right yeah so he jumps in you know he, he kind of puts together a rope um, to, t- to tether himself uh, to the toilet so he you know can get back in and as he's uh, descending, you know, there's some creatures that are attacking him and um, the rope gets cut and he falls, you know, down further into the void, which there's a body of water. And when he comes out of the water, it's um, it's like a pond or a lake in the same Vietnam scene that we have been watching and he comes out of the water and he walks through the forest or the jungle. And what does he find? He found his son in like a bamboo cage. Yes, correct. So yeah, yeah, he was so in, a, in some kind of kennel of some sort. Right. Almost like a prisoner. Mm-hmm. He, his son P-O-W. is a prisoner of his war trauma. Almost like my son is the one. My son is this is the way I took it. My son is missing, quote unquote missing, um, mm. because I am still dealing with the trauma from war. And so my experience is hindering my ability to be close with my son because I can't get over it. So it, it, that that's the way I took it. And so him breaking him out, they, he breaks him out of the cage and they go through the pond again. And when they come back up, where do they come up from? From the backyard of the house. The pool in the backyard, which is where he originally lost them in the first mm-hmm. place. Like so, it was just some unknown doorway. Right, and, right, right, right. Um, yeah, pulls him out. Everything's good, right? Everything is just like, oh, yep, I got my son back. So they. Well, by the way, uh, this is where the timelines burn with me because I was like, well, obviously, like when his son got lost, it must have been soon before this because if this was years later, this wouldn't make any sense. Right? No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> his son didn't age or anything, <laughs> right? Thing, so. But he didn't look much younger or anything like that. So I'm assuming, let's. Uh, I, I'm going to put this time frame on there. This was six months before. Yeah, uh, when his son got lost was six months before this situation. I'm gonna go ahead and say that it probably okay. wasn't even a whole year. I'll 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 uh, I'll argue with it in a minute. Okay. They cut through the house and get to the front door, and all they got to do is get out the front door, and they are home safe. And uh, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, they are That's met. That's it. With, the movie's over. Right? Yeah, <laughs> they are met with the uh, zombie deadite creature demon version of Big Ben. In Let's his just call him Zombie critiques. Ben, and you know what? Zaben, cool fucking makeup, dude. Yeah, it was really, yeah, <laughs> cool it was makeup, gnarly. bro. Yeah, it was gnarly. <laughs> Skeletal chest. I, I you know. love this guy. Yeah. By yeah. the way, dude, as as a kid, creep me the fuck out. I've always loved this guy. This guy is one of the coolest monsters in American horror cinema. Like this guy is fucking awesome. Yeah, he's got the fucking. He's got he he's got the Vietnam getup. He's got the helmet on and stuff. He's got some of the, uh, you, you know, so, some of the uniform and stuff. But his fucking ribs are exposed, his guts and stuff like that. And he's just one of the coolest creatures I think I've ever seen in yeah. my life. He's just fucking awesome. They're fighting through the house. Yeah, dude. And hand and this hand. thing is trying to kill him, right? So this mm-hmm. memory of Big Ben is attacking him it's prohibiting him from 
being with his son and moving forward and it's trying to get the best of him. And so that he's fighting. Oh, he's with trying it. to get revenge, right? He's like, you fucked me over. I'm, I'm going to watch you suffer too. Right. Which I think metaphorically is like, you're going to have to live with the fact that you let me get captured and tortured by the Viet Cong and you didn't any, do anything to like keep me. You could have just killed me and like put me out of my misery, but instead I had to suffer because you didn't have the balls to like take me out. <laughs> That was a fucked up situation. I will say it that. was. And I feel, you know, I kind of feel bad for Roger because I know he really wanted to do something about that. Like he really wanted to end his friend, like before he had to succumb to the yeah. torture. Yeah. But the reality is, what was he going to do? Right. Well, even at the end, towards the end, when they're fighting on the staircase, Big Ben tells him, like, you can't get rid of me, you can't kill me. I'm always going to be here. And that's when Roger goes like full on like attack mode and just ends up um, just uh, they end up uh, the door opens and they're hanging off this, you know, Roger's hanging on this cliff and he ends up like, you know, pulling uh, Big Ben down over the cliff and into the water. And boom, he, movie's over. Well, Fuck yeah, you. he comes out to get his son and it's like, all right, time over. But um <laughs> He comes back out. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) And he finds Big Ben, zombie Ben, holding um, Mm. his son. And he's like, dude, if you come any closer, I'm going to kill your son. So again, just kind of amplifying the fact that like, I'm never going to die. And it's going to, I'm going to live with you forever. And it's going to haunt your fucking nightmares. Kill this relationship um, that you have with your son. And hold your son at fucking Rambo fucking knife point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what they end up doing is uh, fighting and then he puts this grenade into this zombie cavity chest and he blows up and the house starts to catch fire. And then he walks out of the house with his Very son. reminiscent of the Terminator ending. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with the bomb. And yeah. he walks out of the house on fire behind him, holding his son to see his wife pull up in a taxi and the neighbors out there checking it out. And so. You're now we're left to figure out and this is the actual end of the movie, but we're left to figure out was the house actually haunted and all of these things changed because he defeated the demons or is it all a figment of his imagination and his PTSD of him getting over his shit um, that like things can go back to normal. I have a theory about that. Okay. It- so it ends, um, and uh, much like other other movies that we cover on this channel uh, or on this show, um, it ends actually in, on a good note. Uh, everything's taken care of. Their son is back. Um, ultimately, we assume that they get back together and they live happily ever after. Uh, it, it's a, definitely a turn of events on, on movies uh, uh, of this type, but um, I think... I think the history of what the house was is going to be behind them at this point. Just get the fuck away from the house. This is it. It's done. The I think it's a metaphor for putting your past behind you and moving forward. You know, right, I mean? right, Don't, right. That's a, I think that's where I was things. trying to get. Yeah, to I got gotcha. you. Clever words. Yeah, yeah. Good um, one. here's the thing. 
Okay, and I remember I, I brought this up earlier and stuff, and I was like, I, I can't tell you why this house was haunted and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it could be anything. It could be, you know, ancient uh, ancient or old ghosts or whatever the fact may be. But this is what really kind of threw me off and shit, because it seems like the uh, brunt of the hauntings itself had come from his past. Right. right. I mean... I feel like uh, the the adversary here has always been his partner during the war. I don't know if he just decided to just go back to this house and fuck with everyone. I mean, but it seems to be the closing statement, right? Well, yeah, no, like I think that's what um, I've been trying to say, which is the whole thing for me is less this is a haunted house movie and more like this is a man fighting his own internal demons. Right, right, As right, and that's what by very much trauma, like. which kind of brings like it to which is even own, it, it, it's 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 a beginning, middle, and close, right? Like, I mean, there there's technically no reason for a sequel at this point. Yeah, uh, you just wanted to continue on the franchise, which, by the way, you know, looking into it as we we're uh, watching it, um, I I've noticed that you know the did, did you see the um. The gross income of this movie? No. It actually did really well in, oh, yeah? in its release. Nice. Uh, uh, low budget, but it, 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 I mean, it blew out the box office in a like $23 million. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And, and dude, back then, it's probably equivalent to our like $240 million movie. Oh, yeah. Movie. I'm taking a look. The budget was $3 million on it. It grossed uh, 19 four and did yeah. six on the opening weekend. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. It was so, a good one. Um, I really enjoyed it. Mm, absolutely. It good movie to watch. If you guys have not seen house 1985, I'm not talking about the TV show with yes. what's his name. <laughs> Hugh Laurie. And uh, probably a dozen other movies named house. <laughs> watch the 1985 uh, movie house. It is definitely one in a million. It's a, it's, it's a different kind of movie. Um, this the the um the shirt I'm wearing right now. It comes from Four Color Fantasies. They have a shirt of House that I've been wanting against since I since I seen that Monster Palooza. Was a beautifully plant, painted shirt. It had our dude fucking Zombie Ben on the front and shit. It had the house in the background and just like the chaos of the movie in between all over the shirt. And nice. it is by far, is funny enough, by far the most beautifully done uh, horror movie shirt, shirts of all time. And I'm like, dude, nobody's got a fucking house shirt. <laughs> Nobody. Now I'm going to go look for it. Dude. Dude, look at the artwork on this. I know. Dude, yeah, shit's dope. That's where my uh, baseball style uh, Return of the Living Dead shirt came from. And the other Return of the Living Dead shirt that was like, you know, watch VHS movies and it had Tarman. Nice. You know, that's where it all came from. Uh, four Color Fantasies. They do great shirts. If, if you guys are fans of horror films and you want vibrant, beautifully uh, put out um, T-shirts, they are not sponsoring this show. But now they should be because of the fucking <laughs> dick sucking I'm doing right now for them. Enjoy. Four Color Fantasy. No, I'm sorry. Four Color. No. Four Color Fantasy is the comic book shop that I like to go to. That's totally different. What did I say it was? Uh, um, I don't remember. 
God damn, what was the name of the company I just said? I thought it was Four Color Fantasies. No, fuck. I, I, I'm mixing that up with... God damn it. God, give me one second. I'll fucking take off this shirt right now. <laughs> Four Color... I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Oh, Cavity Colors. Ah, there you go. Cavity Colors. Look up Cavity Colors. By God beautiful if you're a fan of horror movies and stuff and you want to replace all those old fucking band t-shirts or whatever you got before and stuff like that with actual real movie t-shirts check them out they got nice. some good shit hey cool wu-tang uh cool wu-tang tattoo yeah you like those moves <laughs> holy shit look at my farmer's tattoo <laughs> oh i see it <laughs> uh, all right it looks like you're fucking tank top right now <laughs> Find us on Instagram and threads at Mutant City Horror. Email the show, mutantcityhorror at gmail.com. Otherwise, we will see you on the next one. Good looking out, Matthews. Later, everybody. Later.